Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. I want to uh, bring out three points, uh, three truths from this passage. Uh, we don't have time to bring out everything, of course, that is in these four verses, but some things that especially relate to what we're doing here with our prayer group and uh, seeking the Lord for revival and also for awakening and for revival in our own hearts. And I just want to start with the first point is that not understanding something causes us frustration and fear. Not understanding something causes us frustration and fear. And definitely the psalmist refers to this uh, understanding part here. We live in a world, and we've always lived in a world, that defies understanding. Now, we can understand some of the basic principles through the Word of God, but as far as the details of everyday life, especially now as we look at our world out there, uh, who can really understand what's going on except God, who's ordained all things and is attending to all things? And it seems like so many times in our prayers uh, during this hour, we get just exactly the opposite of what we prayed for. Now, I know it's not really true. God is working and his will is perfect. His decrees are, are fixed and, and perfect. He's working that all out. But to us, you know, from our perspective, it seems like, hey, just the opposite of what we pray for is what we're getting. It's not really that way. But Satan loves to create confusion and turmoil in our world. And why does he like to do that? Well, it's because a confused mind cannot think straight. If he throws a bunch of turmoil at us, a bunch of confusion, even as Christians with the spirit of God within us, uh, it tends to cause frustration and fear, as we said here. And it's particularly in our world now with uh, the mass media and the, the internet, we're suffering from information overload. And we've talked about that. Others have referred to this on the calls, on the prayers. There's so much coming at us day and night, 24 hours a day. We're being bombarded by lies and deceit. There's truth mixed in with it, but primarily it's a tool of the devil. And if you plug into it often enough and long enough, it'll begin to blow your circuits as you try to walk through your daily life. And, you know, just think about in your home, you have uh, so many electrical devices. I'm sitting here by our freezer. And if you get a power surge coming into your home through the, the wires, what happens to your appliances and your other electronic devices? So many times it can burn those things out, can it? The overload of the power, and then it goes back down and it hovers real, real low, and then that's bad for the device. But then more power surges come in, unless you have a surge protector, it can burn up your appliances. And to me, I, I look at the information overload that way. It's like a power surge is coming at us constantly, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And for me, what I've had to decide to do, and I'm not doing it very well, but I, I really believe, and I've heard other, others of you say this, is to disengage from all the noise. Disengage from all the noise of the world. I don't watch the news, especially the national news now. And uh, frankly, I don't want to be political, but... I don't think I can believe much of what they say, if anything, of what they say. And so I have uh, 
tried to wean myself off of that. I also uh, do watch the local news for the weather and the sports. This is Kansas City, you know, and the Super Bowl's coming up, so got to watch the sports. <laughs> Can't get behind on that. But uh, those are things that I've tried to disengage in. Now, I'm a baby boomer, so, you know, getting off television is pretty hard for me. I grew up with in the television age, and uh, but it is possible. And I find that the, the less I engage in these things, the better I feel the more peace I have, the more I focus on the Lord and his word and prayer and, and uh, just dwelling with him and dwelling with his people. Uh, social media especially is noise and a lot of it's not good noise and it just continues to bombard us. And so the first thing is not understanding something causes us frustration and fear. We want to control things, don't we? We're made with rational minds. God created us that way. And it's, it's instinctive for us to try to understand it all, but we can't do it. And the wonderful thing about that is we're told in this passage, secondly, that our confidence is in the living God, not in ourselves. Don't lean on your own understanding. Do not be wise in your own eyes. I like what Matthew Henry, uh, the commentator, says about this passage. Let me quote him here. It says, those who know or acknowledge themselves instead of God, find their own understanding a broken reed, which if they lean upon it will fail. That's Matthew Henry. And in another room here, we have a walking stick that we bought in Arkansas. John Volk is on today. Uh, Arkansas is a beautiful state. That's where he's from. And we vacation down there occasionally. And we have a beautiful walking stick that's polished. It's made out of some of that beautiful lumber down in Arkansas. And that thing is like a tree. It is solid. And we can use that walking stick. We can put our weight on it and we know it's going to hold us. But imagine trying to take a broken reed like the psalmist talks about here and hold yourself up with that. It's broken to begin with and then it just collapses and you fall on your face. So we need to acknowledge God rather than ourselves. And, and just a question here. Do most of the people in this world acknowledge God or do they acknowledge themselves? Do they want to know God or do they want to know themselves? And it's a rhetorical question. You know the answer to it. Uh, they acknowledge themselves. And I'm not saying that we don't, as Christians, fall into this, back into this at times. We do because we still seek to uh, uh, exalt ourselves and, and not God. But uh, if you get a chance sometime, pick up the book by Jay Adams, the father of modern biblical counseling on uh, the biblical view of self-esteem, self-image, and self-love, self-confidence. That's what we hear from the world, isn't it? Now, again, we are susceptible to this as well. But in that little book, uh, the biblical view of these things, Adam says that most of the counseling he's had to do throughout his uh, counseling ministry, most of the problem, the root problem is self-love. It's me, 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 me. It's not her. It's not him. It's not them. It's focused on myself. And I'm sufficient for all things. Not God is sufficient for all things. So pick that up. Christ, uh, I mean, Adam's uh, stresses just the opposite of self-esteem, which is Christ-esteem. And he encourages us to esteem Christ because he is the son of God and he is our savior. There's Christ image instead of self-image, Christ love instead of self-love, Christ confidence instead of self-confidence. And I'm not saying here that when we approach our 
our laborers, when we approach our families, that we shouldn't have a certain amount of, of uh, sanctified self-confidence that, you know, we're going to be able to uh, obey God and, and do what we need to do to raise our children, to love one another as husband and wife, to do all these things. But the world focuses on these things, self-love, uh, self-righteousness, uh, basically, instead of uh, crying out to God for his righteousness to be uh, poured upon us by our Savior, Jesus Christ. So our confidence is to be in the living God, not in ourselves. That's the second thing. The third thing, and this is the most wonderful truth of all, we do not have a blind confidence in God. We do not have an empty faith. God has given us his word, and in his word is contained the precious promises that he's given us. Listen to 2 Peter 1, verses 3 and 4. 2 Peter 1, verses 3 and 4. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us, what? His precious and very great promises. That's why we're here. The promises of God, the word of God, which directs us how to pray and shows us what God has ordained for the world and for his church. Um, yeah, the precious and very great promises. And what has he promised us, particularly when it comes to our foundation's prayer group here? Well, he's promised to answer prayer, hasn't he? He answers it one way or the another or another, and uh, he helps us to be content with what he, he provides and what he shows us. He's promised to save souls. We pray for one another, for family members who are not in the Lord, and we have confidence that God has promised to save souls when we cry out for them to be saved. God has promised to keep his people, and we've seen that throughout the scripture narrative. He's kept his people all the way through, and all the way through to the end, he will keep us. He will preserve us. But the most important thing, and the thing that we focused on the most here in God's promises, is that he will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. And if there's going to be revival in our own hearts, if there's going to be revival and awakening in uh, the churches and in our culture, it has to come from the power of the Holy Spirit, the word of God, and all these things working together. And another little verse that I love in conjunction with uh, Proverbs here, Proverbs 3, is 2 Corinthians 5, 7. Just a, just a few words. But they're so powerful. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. I've been a Christian for many years, but every time I look at those few words there, I'm just amazed because that's such a simple statement, but it's so profound. Look at this. We walk by faith, not by sight. We don't have to worry about what we see around us, what we see happening on the television or uh, in our churches, that type of thing. Uh, we walk by faith. We walk in a sense, not knowing sometimes what's going to happen. Like Abraham did, he, he took off and uh, obeyed God. He didn't know what was going to happen to him, good or bad, but he followed God. And we walk by faith and not by sight. Whatever we see now, we need to look beyond it to God's grace, to God's power, to God's future that he has for us, that the gospel will prevail over the lies and the deceit in our world. And that's why we study God's word. That's why we have these meditations before we pray because we bring God's word to him and we pray it back to him. It's the only way that we can avoid error 
is to focus on his truth. And Jesus said it so well, said it perfectly, of course, in John 14, 6. He said, I am the way, you could all quote it with me, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, John 14, 6. So once again, very quickly, three truths to, to bring from this passage. Not understanding something causes us frustration and fear. We don't like that. Our confidence is to be in the living God, not in ourselves. And that's comforting. But the most wonderful thing of all is that we do not have a blind confidence in God. It's a, uh, a confidence that is filled with knowledge, filled, filled with the word of God and the will of God. And that is a comfort. That's an encouragement today for us to pray in faith, in confidence, that God knows what is best and he will bring it to pass. And we can continue to do this, continue to meet and cry out to him. So let's pray and let's ask God to bless our time today.